You're listening to a Big Finish production. Big Finish presents Doctor Who Subscriber Short Trips Crime at the Cinema by M.H. Norris Read by John Banks The cinema in question sat in the heart of Maidenhead, Berkshire. What should have been a bustling street was crowded with various emergency vehicles. In the distance, a crowd had gathered on the other side of the police tape. Sarah Jane Smith saw the flashes of cameras. She looked over and saw the press jostling anxiously on the far side of the tape. Had things gone a little differently, it could have been Sarah on the other side of the tape, trying to get the slightest glimpse of a story. As it was, she found herself following the doctor into the cinema to investigate a crime scene that had the police and unit alike baffled. The cinema had been around for 50 years. At least, that was what the doctor had said in his lecture on the way there. The lobby gloried in the grandiose style of days long past, but it didn't feel dated. To the far side of the lobby, Sarah could see about 30 people milling around. All of them looked pale and shaken. A couple were sitting on the ground, cups in their hands, as paramedics checked them out. A unit soldier walked up to them. Ah, Doctor, I heard they were sending you. And you must be Miss Smith. I'm Sergeant Gibbons. I'm glad you're here. No one is quite sure what to make of this. Let's see if we can fix that. Lead on. The Doctor's tone seemed light, but after the few weeks Sarah had spent with him, she could tell that he was quickly trying to take in the scene. Inside, the old Hollywood magic continued. Velvet curtains draped the screen. Currently, the lights were up. It was empty, except for one seat towards the exact centre of the room. Once upon a time, Sarah Jane Smith had thought that nothing could face her. But then she'd met the Doctor and had been introduced to all of time and space. What sat in the chair in the theatre surprised her. A humanoid figure slumped in its seat. The face was longer than a human's, like an upended oblong. Long, curling organs, Sarah thought they might be ears, circled both sides of his heads in an intricate design. At first glance, Sarah had thought his skin was cobalt, but once she got a bit closer, she realised it was a deep violet. What happened here, Sergeant Gibbons? The doctor was already making his way down the aisle in front of where the body sat. We're not entirely sure, sir. When the lights went down around 7pm, the theatre was about three-quarters full. When the lights came up approximately a hundred minutes later, people were shocked to find that monster sitting there. The doctor interrupted him. They were a living being, just like you. Of course, sir. Sorry. They were found in the seat. The people around swear that a sixth member of their party, one... Sergeant Gibbons paused while he pulled out a notepad. Dylan Edric was in the seat. Sarah stopped. Where is Mr. Edric now? We don't know. We don't know where Mr. Edric is, and we don't know how they got in that seat. Sergeant Gibbons nodded at the body in the seat. Are you quite all right, Miss Smith? She looked over to see the doctor studying her. I... it... Finally, Sarah nodded. He's just sitting there. There was no battle, no shots fired, nothing. It's unnerving. 
Where is he from? That does seem to be the question, or rather one of them, the doctor murmured. I'll admit, what I find interesting is this. How did our alien friend get here? Sergeant, did anyone in the theatre claim to see a flash of light or hear anything strange? The sergeant flipped through his papers. Not in my records. That rules out a transmat beam. What's that? Oh, a transportation method that is popular in various star systems. Humans will adopt it in a couple of centuries. It leaves a trace, sometimes a faint one, but a trace all the same. Sarah wandered out in the aisle and looked up at where the projector could barely be seen. Tell me, Sergeant, did Mr. Edric work for Webover Entertainment? Having a few feet between her and the body allowed her to think. She couldn't get the sight of it out of her head. It made her glad she tended to go for pieces with more of a human angle. He did, Miss Smith, the sergeant answered, surprised. How did you know that, Sarah? She turned to the doctor, taking extra care not to look at the body near him. I met him, once, while working on a piece. Actually, it was my first big story. Sarah thought back to the big break that had got her name out there and given her the chance to go freelance. If it hadn't been for Dylan Edric, she might not have met the doctor. Sarah, the doctor asked firmly. She snapped out of her thoughts to discover the doctor looking at her. She had a feeling that wasn't the first time he'd said her name. I'm sorry, did you say something? Are you quite all right to work on this, Miss Smith? I'll be fine. What's a mysteriously appearing alien body and a missing person compared to finding yourself in the Middle Ages with absolutely no warning? She laughed. It sounded hollow, even to her. How about this? I'll go and talk to the people Dylan was with while you handle the alien body situation. Meet you in the mobile lab in a bit? The Doctor was not the easiest of travelling companions, but one of the most annoying of his habits, Sarah believed, was his ability to stare right through her and see the things she wanted to hide. But at other times, he was completely oblivious. There seemed to be no middle ground. Of course, the one time she wished it were the latter, he caught every little thing. Are you certain? he asked. I handled quite a few interviews before I met you, Doctor. I'm sure I can handle this one. Sarah walked out and headed towards the lobby. She turned to one of the waiting soldiers. Can you get everyone that was with our missing person and get them together somewhere? She watched him gather a group of five men. A couple of them looked vaguely familiar. One she definitely remembered. After all, one can't forget the first person to threaten them upon publication of a certain article. The group looked shaken. If Sarah had thought that someone looking green when they were sick was a myth, she thought that no longer. The group was led down a hall, and Sarah followed. Behind the unit private was Orville Ashton. She'd crossed paths with him a few times while she was investigating Webover Entertainment. Quickly approaching 40, Orville was the most casual she'd ever seen him. She had a feeling that the suit jacket she'd seen hanging on the seat near the body belonged to him. His hair was graying slightly at the temples, and he had an air of haughty authority around him. Why are we being moved again? And why isn't anyone looking for Dylan? It seems like all you people are concerned about is that thing. What if it took Dylan? One of the experts we brought in has some questions for you. They thought it'd be best if they talked to you behind closed doors, said the private. And the victim isn't an it, Mr. Ashton. 
They were a living being, the same as Mr. Edric. Sarah mimicked the doctor's statement. The private stopped in an open doorway, and the other four went inside. Orville Ashton stopped cold upon hearing Sarah's comment and turned to face her. Why is it, Miss Smith, that you seem to turn up at the worst times in my life? I'm assisting a consultant during this investigation. Let's go inside. Unit wants the building secured. Sarah had learned long ago that the best way to fit in was to pretend that you did. They entered. Orville sat down with a huff and crossed his arms. Tell me what happened tonight, said Sarah. Why? So I can help you, and more importantly, help Dylan. She crossed her arms. Orville turned slightly away from her. A number of us are up for a promotion. Thanks to you, actually. Tomorrow's the big day. We're all making presentations about our vision for the next Winston Chesterfield film. It's been months in the making. We all found scripts, prepared potential marketing campaigns, and even scouted potential co-stars. Sarah jotted down notes in her trusty pad. And how has Dylan seemed? Besides earlier tonight, he seemed fine. What happened tonight? she asked. Orville shrugged. He seemed a bit queasy before the movie. Almost went home. He wanted the promotion. Whoever gets it will be moving on from the rest of us. But this team meant a lot to Dylan. His family hasn't moved here yet, and he misses them terribly. He acted like we were his family, I suppose. A new man walked up, one who didn't look a lot older than Sarah. He was wearing a polo shirt and seemed very disheveled. Colin Digby, he held out his hand. Sarah Jane Smith, have you known Dylan for a long time? Since I started at Webover eight years ago, he took me under his wing. Colin's hands kept fidgeting. Sarah was sure that he wasn't even aware he was doing it. He did that for a lot of us. Dylan really didn't like people being alone. He said our department was like our family. And even if we were competing for the Chesterfield project, he kept us close. He was so excited for tonight. A kid who was younger than Sarah walked up and joined the group. His eyes were red and his hair was extremely ruffled. She had observed him running his hand through it a few times already. An apparent nervous tick. I'm Franklin Merriweather. I just started there a few years ago and Dylan's presentation was my first big project. He actually cared about what I had to say to what everyone on his team had to say. I wanted him to get the position. What happened to him? We're trying to work that out. She turned so she could see all five. Did any of you see any flashes of light during the movie? All five shook their heads. And you didn't hear anything odd? Again, all five shook their heads. What was that? In the seat. Franklin seemed to go paler as he looked at Sarah, eyes wide. It looked like an alien. He should. He's from another world. There was an awkward shift as the five seemed to digest that. Orville was, of course, the first one to find words. Not that I believe you, but how did they end up in Dylan's seat? How did you end up with a consultant gig? Run out of people to harass on your own? She's just trying to help, a man said. He looked to be a few years older than Sarah. She had the sense he usually carried a casual, confident air, but now he was quiet. Oh, shut up, Randall, Orville spat. Sarah stepped over to Randall, extending her hand. It took a moment, but he shook back. 
Do you think Dylan had any enemies? she asked. Absolutely not. Randall shifted from anxious to adamant. Everyone loved Dylan. A lot of us thought he had the promotion in the bag. No offence, Orville. Orville grunted as he took a seat at the table. Sarah turned to the last member of the group who hadn't spoken to her. Were you up for the promotion as well? The man looked up from where he sat at the table. Until that moment, his head had been in his hands. When he looked up, she saw wide, red-rimmed eyes. Y yes um, I'm Tim, uh, Timothy Madison, but there were no hard feelings. That was the whole point of going out tonight, Orville looked up. You're going to find out what happened and where Dylan is, aren't you? My friend and I are going to do our best to find Dylan. If you think of anything else, let the private outside know. He'll get word to me. Sarah left the room, and after a quick word with the private outside, she began making her way towards the lobby of the cinema. She wasn't in a particular hurry. Once upon a time, she thought about being a crime reporter, but now she was content with covering stories from the human angle. Right now, one of her sources was missing, and the doctor seemed to be so concerned with the alien that he'd forgotten the human. Well, not on her watch. With renewed purpose, Sarah made her way through the lobby of the cinema. She expected to find the unit privates flanking the doors. As they spoke to one of the people on the floor, a man crept toward the doors a man she very much recognised. Randall, she shouted. He froze. The unit soldiers jerked up at her call and raced off toward the man, grabbing his arms. You can't leave yet, one of the unit men said firmly. She stared at Randall as one of the privates escorted him back. Why even try to escape? She nodded at the remaining private as she exited the cinema, much to the jealousy of some of the people held in the lobby, she imagined. He held the door open for her, and she made her way out into the street. Off to the side, in an alley, two large lorries sat. Most of the unit personnel lingered around the one closest to the entrance to the cinema. But it was the other van that Sarah wanted. Stopping at the door, she entered the code on the keypad and stepped into unit's mobile lab. The body of the alien lay on a stainless steel table that stood in the centre of the room. Counters and cabinets covered the walls. On the far side of the room, the doctor's velvet coat hung on a hook. The man in question was wearing a light blue smock. Ah, Miss Smith, how did your interviews go? They confirmed what the sergeant said. No one heard a weird noise or saw a flash of light. Our Yiffin friend here still has no explanation as to his appearance in the cinema. Yiffin? Yes, this chap's from a planet about three galaxies away. It's rather unusual to find one this far from their star system. They're very family-orientated. What did you find out about our missing person? He wasn't feeling well before the film. The doctor made a distracted hmm in response. Sarah paused. What are you doing? Only running some tests. If we find out what killed him, we can get a lead on your Mr. Edric. Our victim was found in the last place your missing person was spotted. How did you meet him? Dylan Edric, I mean. Dylan contacted me about his boss, who at the time was the head of scripted drama. He'd heard some rumours and wanted to make sure they weren't true. Why you? Sarah looked away with a smile. He tried to contact my editor, but my editor ignored him, didn't believe him. At the time, I was lucky if my story made the back page as a footnote. He thought I was a little too eager and wanted to teach me a lesson. But I was right. They were hiding something. 
I met with Dylan after work. He seemed annoyed that a no-name reporter was the only person to give him the time of day. I spent months on this story, every spare moment I had. Near the end of my investigation, I got caught. My editor was furious, threatened to fire me. I'm assuming that didn't stop you. It almost did, a couple of times. She looked away. She'd never admitted it to anyone. But Dylan and I worked together. We found a money trail. His boss was taking bribes from producers, managers and agents to have their stars be in the feature film. His boss was also taking advertising bribes. Whoever slid him the most got the better release dates and promotional plans. And how did Dylan find out? A project he was working on suddenly got shoved into a rough spot. Dylan tried to ask them what was wrong, but they wouldn't answer. They did talk to me. Sarah leaned against the counter. It was my first big story. The first time I got a chance to see that there was something wrong and there was something I could do. After... After what, Miss Smith? Nothing. It was my chance to right a wrong, and I took it. The story broke and suddenly my byline was on the front page of papers nationwide. After that, I couldn't stop. There were more people hiding things that needed to be exposed. While they'd been talking, the doctor had put one of the samples into a machine. It sprang to life with a series of noises. What is that? The mass spectrometer I've been begging UNIT for since I began my tenure as their scientific advisor. With this and some tinkering I've already done to it, we'll hopefully get some answers. I wonder why he came to Earth. Sarah changed the topic. The doctor shrugged. I'm going to see if we can return his body to his family. Perhaps we may be able to find out. Have you been there before? Not yet. I haven't seen every planet, Sarah. The doctor looked at her, giving her a warm smile. If I had, what fun would that be? I think knowing there are things out there I don't know about yet makes life so much more exciting. That attitude is one of the many things about you that I admire, Miss Smith. The doctor smiled as the machine on the far side of the room beeped. The doctor took a look at the machine. It will be a while before we get results. Take a look, Miss Smith. What can you see? If I didn't know any better, I'd say he was sleeping. The doctor nodded. And yet, we have signs of internal trauma. How did he get into that seat? And how did he swap places with Dylan? I'm more concerned with how a Yiffin got here to Earth, and if there are more this far from their star system. A person is missing, Doctor. Someone is dead, right here. One of his eyebrows shot up. Sarah crossed her arms. And someone is out there, sick, and might be in danger. Wait a moment. The doctor grabbed a pair of gloves and reached behind the largest part of the curled ears. There's something back here. He pulled out a tiny device that was a couple of inches wide. It was the same shade as the Yiffin's skin. Sarah looked at it. What is that? If I'm not mistaken, and I'm not often... Oh. The doctor pushed a button and the device opened, revealing a small monitor. The doctor proceeded to work with it for a few minutes. Sarah was fairly certain that he'd forgotten she was even there. Ah, take a look at this, Sarah. The doctor tapped the side of the monitor and an image of the alien appeared. He looked to be in a flat on Earth. The image was a little static-filled, but the doctor tinkered for a minute and cleared it up. On the screen, 
they found three violet-skinned humanoids. One seemed to be the size of Dylan, the others much smaller and in this being's arms. Our lives are incomplete without you, my love. You must see how strong the little ones grow. They begin to crawl. I have recorded this for you. See how they... The doctor awkwardly coughed and turned it off. Watching more would be intruding, of course. Sarah turned back to the doctor. He was here, trying to find a better life. The doctor nodded. Well, that answers that question. Which quest? Oh. Sarah felt her eyes widen. Wait, are you saying... Ah, two mysteries aren't two mysteries after all. This is Dylan Edric. The doctor nodded at the body before picking up a small chip. I found this at the base of his skull as well. What is it? A form of camouflage that I haven't seen before. I'm still running tests on it, but it looked like this was connected to his biodata. So, as long as he was alive, it worked. Sarah was trying to follow his technical talk. The doctor's face broke out into a beaming smile. Exactly, Miss Smith. But when he died, the disguise failed. So it would look like an alien suddenly appeared where a human had been. When the whole time, he was there. But how did he die? Before the doctor could answer, the machine behind them beeped. Doctor, I wasn't aware that mass spectrometers were that fast. Granted, this is far outside my area of expertise. The doctor made his way over to the machine. Normally, you'd be correct. But I may have... Well, I may have decided to help this one along by about 70 or so years. Now, let's see what we have. She waited while the doctor reviewed the results from the machine. He studied it for a second before opening several cabinets. Finding the bottle he needed, he went back to his microscope. He placed a couple of drops out of the bottle onto one of the slides before pushing it back under the microscope. Doctor, what is it? Sometimes Sarah was certain that the doctor waited for someone to ask him what he'd discovered so that he could reveal it in a rather dramatic fashion. Not that he'd ever admit to it, of course. Instead of answering her, the doctor brought over a bottle and handed it to her. I believe I have found the cause of death. Sarah took the bottle, turning it over and looking at the label. Ipecac syrup? Isn't this used to induce vomiting? Correct. Made from a medicinal plant, not uncommon in households across the globe. The doctor went back over to the microscope and looked into it again. Apparently, our friend was allergic to it. That means his death was an accident. That earned her a nod. Quite possibly. Could be that whoever did this merely wanted him out of commission tomorrow. Unbeknownst to them, Mr. Edric wasn't human, and this slowly but surely killed him. So whoever would be surprised to find him dead when the lights went up? I believe they would. She smiled. I believe I have an idea as to how we can find out who did it. I already have it down to two suspects as it is. The doctor seemed surprised. Really now? While you were busy focusing on what was unusual, I went and looked at the human angle. She beamed at the doctor. Now come on, we've got a murder to solve. Lead the way, Detective Smith. She chuckled as she exited the lab. Time had not lessened the crowd. It continued to grow, despite the late hour. Perhaps the rumours of a murder at the cinema were enough to coax people out of bed.
As she approached the doors to the cinema, one of the privates held it open for her. Sarah turned to one inside. Can you bring everyone in the break room out here? Doctor, follow me. Quickly, she made her way into the cinema and towards where the body had been. Until you said something, I didn't really think anything of it. But look what's on the ground, not too far from the body. She pulled a glove she'd pinched in the lab and picked up the bottle, holding it out towards the doctor. Ipecac. Well, look at that. And guess who was sitting here? Who? The doctor's grin let Sarah know he was humouring her and not stealing her thunder, but she wasn't about to let it ruin her mood. She almost had it. The pair made their way out to the lobby to find the group gathered. They quickly came over to her. Orville Ashton was the first to speak. Did you find Dylan, Miss Smith? We did. Where is he? Is he okay? Colin looked up, his eyes wide. Sarah studied them again. I'm sorry to say he's not. Before they could react, the doctor stepped in. Were any of you aware that Dylan Edric wasn't human? All of them took at least a half-step back, jaws dropped, and to Sarah's surprise, their faces grew paler. Finally, Franklin Merriweather spoke up. I'm sorry. Give me a second to make sure I heard you correctly. That person in the seat, that was Dylan. The doctor nodded. Where is he from? A planet called Yiffin. It's quite a long way from here. A planet? How did he die? Randall Bonham spoke up, his voice shaking. Sarah studied the man for a second and saw that it wasn't just his voice that was shaking. He was poisoned. Following her gut, Sarah took a few steps forward, leaving inches between herself and Randall Bonham. But you didn't mean to, did you, Randall? Sarah watched the man's eyes go wide before his head dropped. It was just Ipecac. It would make him sick. Throw him off during the presentation tomorrow. I didn't kill him. You didn't make a man sick, Randall. It's relatively harmless for us, but... She looked at the doctor. Ipecac resembles an extremely fatal plant on his homeworld. The doctor's voice sounded sad. I didn't know. How was I supposed to know he was an alien? Why would someone come here of all places? It was just supposed to make sure he couldn't come in tomorrow. That's all. He slumped down. That's all. As the unit troops led Randall away, she turned to the rest of the group. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you, Miss Smith. Orville came over and shook her hand. His hand trembled slightly, and Sarah had a feeling that he was the kind of person who didn't like to show emotion in front of people. Thank you for finding out what happened to Dylan. I wish I had better news. She looked at the group. It's up to you four to make sure that your department is run the way Dylan would have wanted it to. Make sure I have no reason to come and poke around. Orville nodded. I'll do my best. No offence, Miss Smith, but... I hope I don't see you again any time soon. None taken, Mr. Ashton. The rest shook her hand before they made their way across the lobby. Unit personnel were beginning to unlock the building. The doctor watched them, something burning in his eyes. If such monstrous acts were not common across the galaxy, I would never have believed it possible. 
Something as trivial as a promotion led to poisoning and indirectly to death. He killed his friend, someone who viewed him as family for, well, for absolutely nothing. He looked at her, features softening. Ah, but you made sure justice was served. Journalistic skills can prove most useful, particularly ones as acute as yours. How did you know it was Randall? She smiled at the doctor. I had a hunch that it was either Orville or Randall. I felt more confident once we found the Ipecac. Once we talked to them, I watched their reactions. Both were surprised, but Randall's had a bit of horror mixed in. It was a gut feeling. Randall's shock was just... Well, it wasn't right. I've seen it before in my career. They left the cinema and headed towards where they'd parked Bessie, on the far side of the mobile lab. The doctor was issuing instructions on how to prepare Dylan's body for transport, and Sarah watched as the press stood by, out of earshot, desperately trying to get the story before their deadlines. A couple of months ago, that might have been her on the other side of the tape. Today, she got to be in the heart of the action. <laughs>